0: It's Friday. It's a windy Friday, and it's the end of a good week in the Word. Uh, my name is Tim Harris, pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church. This is Tim with Tim. Each day, Monday through Friday, we take about 10 minutes uh, at 10 a.m. if you want to join me live, and uh, we go verse by verse of the Word of God. We are in the book of 2 Kings right now, 2 Kings chapter 12 to be exact, and we're talking about the reign of King Joash, uh, King Joash in Judah. Um, It's pretty, uh, I think it's an interesting story. We know that Joash was that boy king, that child uh, who was hidden in the temple by the priest Jehoiada, and uh, who's probably his, uh, also his wife, uh, Jehoshaphat. And so he was hidden and then uh, crowned king at the age of seven, uh, and, uh, and his reign here is sort of picked up in chapter 12. It's really pretty interesting. Um, it's interesting especially and I encourage you. I know sometimes I just, you know, sort of give it to you like if you want to do some extra work. But I think if you're really interested at all, you should read 2nd Chronicles chapter 24 here. 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles are nearly parallel. They tell some of the same stories most of the same stories, often in the very same words. But 2 Chronicles chapter 24 gives you a little more information about the reign of King Joash. And he really did not end up uh, in every way fulfilling the promise of his beginning. Uh, So let's start right here. Uh, We're in 2 Kings chapter 12. Uh, It just begins with that same kind of introductory formula. He began his reign in Judah in the seventh year of King Jehu's reign in Israel. Uh, Again, he reigned in Jerusalem for 40 years. That's a good, long dynasty, a a good, long reign there. We're told about his mother. Again, the queen mother is often prominent in the royal court of Judah. Uh, And we're also told in verse 2, all his life, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight because Jehoiada the priests instructed him. Yet even so, you know, he didn't. You know, so once more, the theological verdict uh, on his entire reign is just sort of typical. It's like, yeah, he was good, but you know, but uh, he did not destroy the pagan shrines, and 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 that sort of a, a general statement. Second Chronicles chapter twenty four gives us a fuller picture, uh, and in Second Chronicles chapter twenty four, it, it it really says. Uh, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight as long as Jehoiada, the priest, was there to instruct him, you know, and that's different. That's different. We're given the idea here that he just, he did well because Jehoiada was behind him, and he did, and he was, but at the same time, Jehoiada, the priest, he was a really good man, apparently, lived to be about 130, which is an an amazing long life, and he was so respected that he was buried with the kings. Jehoiada, the priest, was an incredible man of God who apparently was able to guide Joash as long as Jehoiada the priest was alive. But when Jehoiada the priest died, Joash lost his mind, and not literally, but he became vulnerable. Apparently. He was not a strong leader on his own. Once Jehoda was gone, he became vulnerable to other counselors who came to him and persuaded him to sort of revert to Baalism. And so Joash backs all this up. You know, again, I'm talking to you now from 2 Chronicles chapter 24, but I'm just letting you know that uh, he, he did not finish well. And and at the end, um, I think his, uh, uh, Jehoda's son's name was, I think it was Zechariah, and Zechariah comes and preaches, and, and uh, Joash literally has him killed, and, and in the end, that return to Baalism and that murder of Jehoiada's son is what gets Joash himself killed, and we're told about that at the end of Second Kings chapter 12. The assassins were Josachar and Jehozabad. I mean, those are good names. Uh, And Josachar and Jehoshaphat are the assassins of Joash. So again, it's just good to compare those accounts. But 2 Chronicles chapter 24 gives you a fuller picture of what happens with Joash because 2 Kings chapter 12 makes it sound like in 40 years, all he really accomplished was, you know, Uh, kind of a building program, a a remodeling program for the temple, and I'm not making light of that. It it really does seem to be what occupies him internally. You know, the the internal problem during his reign is the, uh, the disrepair and diminishment of the temple, which, of course, I mean, it is just a building, but at the same time, that building represents the passion and zeal of the people for the Lord. And the fact of the matter is they have drained the temple treasury. They have drained the temple itself of all of its finery for the sake of the house of Baal. I mean, we're told that over, I mean, how many times can you raid the temple? How many times can you continue to, you know, divert, you know, energy and investment toward, you know, worshiping Baal? And that's what's happened now for all these years. So so Joash's repair, uh, re- recovery of the dignity of the temple under the guidance of Jehoda, the priest, is a rather important accomplishment, and it's given all of this space in 2 Kings chapter 12. Uh, so it, it's kind of funny, though. I mean, it's kind of funny because on the one hand, uh, I've been through church building programs, and this sounds just like one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it sounds just like it. I mean, the only thing they're missing is like somebody needs to make like a, a poster in the back of like a thermos, a thermometer, you know, with like, you know, the red going up. And, and this is how much we've raised. And this is our goal like that. If, if they had that, this would be a Baptist building program because it, it sounds just like one. So anyway, one day King Joas says to the priest, collect all the money brought in as sacred offering to the Lord's temple, whether it's a regular assessment or payment of vows, voluntary gift, all the undesignated funds is what he's saying. Listen, get the priest to bring those in and let's start, let's start, let's start fixing this place back up. This place, you know, is is janky. It's supposed to be the Lord's house, and, you know, I mean, this place, you know, there are crack houses, you know, in, you know, in Portland, Tennessee that are nicer than this place now, so, so let's fix that, you know, and so, so good, you know, so far so good. Um, going to start using funds. i set aside a building fund. I mean, that's what they just did, y'all. They take the undesignated funds. Now we're going to put them in a building fund and we're going to fix this place up. But like, I don't know how many years go by. <laughs> and again, this is, how, this is how it sounds like church. Like nothing happened, you know, like nothing happened. Like, you know, they put up a sign that said, together we build or whatever, but nobody ever built anything. But at the same time, like they had the building fund. And so you know, Joas has to go back to the priest and say, "Dude, what is up here? What, what's up with you guys? You know, why haven't you done anything? You haven't replaced the carpet. You haven't painted a wall. You haven't, you know, resealed the You haven't resealed and restriped a parking lot. You know, I, I mean, you haven't done anything with the landscaping. I mean, we got poison ivy growing in the flower beds. All this is like true stories. <laughs> this is all stuff that's happening around here. Uh, you got." You know the soffit hanging off the canopy. I mean, we do today. Like I was looking at that, thinking, "Man, this place." Uh, I, I mean, and so after all, you know, they got a building fund now, and and the priests are just sitting on it. Now there is no indication that the priests are dishonest. There's no indication that they're misappropriating funds. the 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 the, the, the word of the scriptures are just sitting on the money. They're just sitting on it, and so jo, uh, Joash and Jehoiada together, they they just sort of. Force this by, by just sort of jumping in there. And again, that there's nothing wrong with any of this, not, not at all. They just sort of have to make sure that it happens because if you leave it to the priest, it's not going to happen. Okay, I could defend the priest here. They got a lot of weddings and funerals, and they, they got you know sermons three times a week, and you know just don't expect me also, you know, to re-roof the church. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is that sort of thing. As long as it's the priests to take care of, I mean, they got enough. It's not going to happen. So. Uh, so Jehovah, it sounds so bad. he he gets this box and cuts a hole in the top. I mean, literally puts a hole in the top. You know, and puts building fund in the back, and people gonna start dropping their building fund right in that box. So that way, it doesn't have to go all the way through the priests. You know, and then just get you know get buried in the bank somewhere. Just so like put it in a box, and everything that goes in this box, man, we're gonna give it straight to the guys who are gonna lay the carpet you know, give this straight to the guys who are going to do the drywall, you know, and that's what they do. And they said, don't even keep receipts because they just trust everybody. That doesn't sound bad, just right there. But that's what the way the story goes. Uh, how the money that was contributed for guilt offerings, sin offerings was not brought into the Lord's temple. It was given to the priests for their own use. So again, it's just this really great picture of effective budgeting and an effective building fund and, and all of that. There are probably some actual lessons there. Now, the end of chapter 12, uh, the end of Joash's reign. Again, there's so many things that we're not told in 2 Kings that we are told in 2 Chronicles. But but one of the common themes here is the the external problem for Joash is the the rising uh, antagonism and power of Aram or, or Syria. And so uh, about this time, King Isaiah of Aram went to war against Gath, captured, then he turned and attacked Judah, attacks Jerusalem. Joash, and this is where you start to get the idea that he's not as pure-hearted as we thought he was, because notice what he does here at the end of chapter 12. He goes and he raids the temple treasury to pay off the king of Aram. You know, it's like, what? Like, like, yeah, he raids the temple treasury of all the gold, and and he pays it to Aram. So, so you know, all of a sudden, he doesn't seem like a guy who's zealous for the house of the Lord anymore. When it becomes politically expedient, you know, he's raiding the building fund now to 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 pay off the king of Aram. And so, there's a little bit of hint there of his political weakness his uh, lack of zeal for the house of the Lord, which ultimately will be his downfall. Again, Second Chronicles 24 tells the whole story of his terrible turn toward Baalism. And in the end, he is taken out by two of his trusted advisors, Josachar and Jehozabad, and uh, his son Amaziah becomes the next king. When Joash dies, he is held in such low esteem by the people that he may be buried there in the city of David, but he is not buried with the kings. You know, So Joash, who starts as this child of hope and you know, a sign of a new beginning, uh, yeah, it, it it doesn't last long. He becomes just like the others who get seduced somehow by the God Baal, and uh, and, and he drags, uh, drags the people back into apostasy once more. Uh, so again, man, I hate that. You know, I, I really wanted this kid to do well, and uh, he only did well as long as Jehoiada was there to, to uh, help him walk the line. Uh, anyway, it's been a good week in the Word, you all. I'll see you Monday morning pick up right here in 2 Kings chapter 13. We have some really good studies next week. we got some good stuff coming, so, so stay with me. Stay in the Word. If I don't see you uh, on Sunday here at Woodburn Worship 8, 9, 30, and 11, starting a new message series called Easter People, just helping our folks walk that road to Calvary with Jesus all the way up to Good Friday, to the cross, and to Easter. So uh, join us and, and be a part of that. Uh, if I don't see you Sunday, though, I will see you Monday morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim and Tim. I love you guys. Thanks for a good week. I'll see you next next week